welcome into Maroon and Bold. I'm Austin Chastain. I'm your sports editor for Central Michigan Life. And I would say alongside me, but I, I guess alongside me, we've, we've got we've got Christian Boer and Andy Loveland. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? How are you guys holding up with the, uh, the shelter-in-place order and everything going on? Well, I'm a little bit bummed out. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, with all the, the executive order that came down today, uh, closing all the schools, it looks like high school baseball season is going to be done. And my heart goes out to the people back home in Everett, Michigan. Uh, my guys, they're supposed to go back to back with district championships. And it looks like that's not going to happen now. So if you're, if you're watching from Everett, my heart goes out to you and got a lot of good buddies on that team. And I, I feel bad for them. I mean, maybe they can make it back to back next year. Yeah. But, but the seniors, the seniors, I, I feel bad for them. Yeah, we're, well, we're, we, along with everybody else um, in, in the state and I guess across the country, we're staying at home, doing the things that we need to do to stay safe through the coronavirus uh, pandemic, recording today's episode on, on Zoom, which is really exciting. It's, it's been a lot of fun experimenting with, with this particular tool and happy that you could join us with, uh, to, with today's episode. We're, we'll, what do you say, guys? Let's, let's get right into it, eh? All right. Today, today's episode really is going to be a lot of storytelling and a lot of reflection, a lot of looking back, that kind of thing. And we'll start with the first round of the back tournament. The CMU men went down to Athens, Ohio as the nine seed to take on number eight seed, the Bobcats. Didn't fare too well for the Chippewas. They they fell down. They fell. They fell behind it by as many as, as I think, what, 20, 24 points, something like that, um, and clawed their way back, but ultimately fell by double digits and were, were bounced from the MAC tournament and had their, had their season ended uh, uh, in the first round of the MAC tournament. Uh, Christian, you, you and I went down to Athens um, to kind of get the whole trip started. And, you know, what, what was the experience like for you? Um, not only going going to yet another uh, Mac Arena, but traveling in a time where co- cases of the coronavirus hadn't run rampant throughout the country, but the first couple here in the United States were starting to pop up, and we heard rumblings that there might be uh, potential cases in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, it was certainly a little bit eerie when, first of all, Got to commend Austin's driving skills. He got us to, to Athens safe and sound. Uh, but I remember we were crossing the street, walking over to the, to the convocation center at, at in Ohio University when, when you had gotten the email that said that there were three cases in Cleveland. And this was at the time when we were just starting to get the first few within the entire country. And, you know, I, I had the thoughts. I was like, maybe – we should like, if the men lose this, maybe we should turn this thing around. Cause you know, the women are probably going to win the tournament. Um, and so maybe we cover it remotely, but I, all doubts were extinguished by the time we had gotten in the gym. I, I figured it would just be, you know, whatever. Uh, and the game itself, credit to Ohio, they came out and they outplayed central from the tip and it really wasn't all that close barring the last four minutes when the Chippewas made a, made a run, but it was certainly a little bit eerie. You know, it was the, you can look back and say that was the last time we, we watched basketball from, in front of a somewhat full gymnasium. And I, can, I think I speak for both of us, Austin, when we kind of took that for granted. Because even those chants from the band, we were all kind of – there's one chant in, in particular I'm thinking of right now. And they, it was just one of those things where you, you hear it everywhere you go, but it takes – you going into a gym where there's no fans to kind of realize, oh, you know, this is just as much of a college basketball atmosphere as the game itself. And it's one of those things that I know when, when we do get sports back, I'm not going to take that for granted. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat, man. Like, and you're absolutely right. That kind of mindset of, oh, wow, we, we really did take it for granted. Cause I mean, it, it, it's sports. It's one of those kind of mainstays in the country. Um, it, college basketball it, it in March I mean college basketball is the thing and and yeah I mean being in in the arena in that atmosphere it was a pretty good atmosphere down there in Athens at the Ohio Convocation Center um 
with with all the fans and the student well like the students were on spring break but like you said with the band um just like you said the the atmosphere of that particular arena in that during that time it was i mean it was a lot of fun to be in because it was normal um but yeah i i agree i agree with the with the sentiment that it's not one of those things that you can really take for granted because it's so strange when it's taken away just like that. It's at the snap of a finger. Um, yeah, man, it, it's just really odd. Really. And, and can I add that we, neither you nor I thought that anything would get canceled. No, absolutely not. Uh, and, and during the Monday night, Monday night, and Tuesday was an entirely different story, but Monday night when we got that email, I, it never once crossed my mind that this thing could be canceled or even remotely limited. I figured that there would be you know, extra sanitizing stations all over the arena. But to think that in the span of 24 hours, there would be no fans admitted, and then the next two days you'd see the whole thing up and canceled, they didn't even cross my mind. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I read the email from, from the Mid-American Conference. Same, the same thought went through my head, like, oh, wow, that's, that's a little scary. Like, you know, it's something to, to think about, something to keep in the back of your mind as, as the tournament gets going. But, yeah, I never once thought that it would directly affect the tournament the way it did. But, you know, some of the symptoms of – or some of, some of the testimonials or something, whatever, how, whatever word we're looking for there – of people saying, yeah, I, I didn't think I had it because I didn't show symptoms, but then boom, it hit me like a freight train, like I have it. So kind of that, oh, I'm not ex- exhibiting any symptoms, and then you end up having it. Um, it it's just frightening. And I, honestly, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it here in just a little bit, but you know, I commend the, the MAC for, for what it did and the steps that it, that it took to um, – keep everybody in the Cleveland area safe. And uh, I guess for the most part, you know, doing things that, that it could do to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. And Loveland, we want to throw this over to you too, because you were on vacation Monday night, or maybe you were coming back into Mount Pleasant. What was your, your, what was your, how up to, up to par were you following this thing? What were you seeing? Uh, what was, what was that like for you that Monday night? I mean, Monday night for me, it was one of those things where, like, I'm driving through Ohio. You hear about some of these cases. You're into Michigan. And I had just been on vacation, like, you know, that weekend and had gone places where, like, I went to the Biltmore house where there's, you know, there's thousands of people there. And then now you're, like, hearing how serious this is. You're like, hopefully no one there had it. (laughs) Hopefully no one I interacted with had it because otherwise I'm I'm done. (laughs) But, um you know, yeah, it just started getting seriousness and it, it didn't feel like they were going to cancel anything because I mean, you also think of the NCAA and they love money and March prints money for them. So it felt, it felt improbable that it was going to get canceled. And it just from a life perspective, it felt improbable that we'd get to a point where the whole country is almost shut down. Right. And then, you know, kind of going along the timeline here, Christian and I ended up in Cleveland on, on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, big thanks to our, our friend Beth and her family for allowing us to stay, stay with them on Monday night. Um, and for the sugar cookies, those were fantastic. But, oh, yeah. Um, and thanks to my mom, too, for helping set that up. That was really appreciated and still is at this moment. But um, Christian and I ended up in Cleveland on Tuesday, um, got to our hotel and, and kind of settled in. The news of the MAC, the, the rest of the MAC tournament that was going to be played at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse being played without fans, with just only essential staff, with the parents of the student athletes, credentialed members of the media. With, with that announcement, you know, Christian and I, we were, we were scrambling trying to figure everything out, you know, exactly how everything was going to play out, what – like Christian, kind of take take me back into that into that moment, you know, um, 
what were some of your, I guess, first thoughts um, of thinking, oh, wow, this, and, and Andy, well, I'll ask you, I'll pose the same question to you, but what was that kind of thought process like, like, oh, man, like, this, this game's going to be played without fans, and now, like, uh, the, the virus actually directly affected the tournament itself. Like, we didn't think about that on Monday night, but like you said, Christian, 24 hours later, kind of got turned upside down. So what were some of your, uh, what were some of your initial thoughts and reactions and Andy, same thing to you? Yeah. So Tuesday morning, well, we were still at bats. We, we got the news that Heather Osterley, Michaela Kelly and Gabby Bird had all won awards. And as I was writing that up, it flashed that the Ivy league was canceling their tournament altogether. And that's when it started to come come into play that, hey, there might be some sort of limitation here. Other tournaments started to say no fans. There was all sorts of speculation. And just in the span of the time, from the time we left, three hours later when we got to Cleveland, they were starting to shut down fans, not letting anybody in. And so that's when, when you and I emailed Ken Mather and said, hey, is there going to be any sort of precaution here? And didn't get an answer for a little while. And so maybe we started to think that, Hey, this is just going to go on as normal, but there started to come a time where now granted the Ivy league, they only have a 14 tournament. So the whole them canceling, that's not a huge, huge deal per se. Obviously it is for their teams, but it's just a 14 tournament. They gave the bid to the top regular season team, which probably was going to get it anyway. And then the, the real kickers, when they started to take fans away, it got to a point where, you know, it'd be lucky for the tournament to make it to Saturday afternoon, which is championship day. You started to think like, hey, is there a chance this doesn't even make it to, to Saturday? And then we got the email saying no fans, and I was like, wow. Um, I had never been in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, so I didn't know exactly how different it was going to be. I didn't know how big the arena was, how empty it was going to feel. But then again, nothing can really prepare you for that other than the fact that, hey, there's going to be nobody in there. But you don't, you don't realize how empty it is until you actually go in there. And it was just crazy. I think that you started to think, okay, this thing's serious. Like this isn't – we had seen this news of this virus internationally on the news for a while. but you know, there, there comes a point in time where you think that you're invincible and that this doesn't apply to you. And this is, it, it's human nature to feel that way. And eventually, you know, it kind of hits you and you're living in history. Right. I mean, I was, I was, well, I guess it was then called Quicken Loans Arena, but I was in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse uh, last year for the MAC tournament. And I mean, it, it was a pretty, it was a pretty, pretty good turnout. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans from all 12, well, I guess eight Mac schools that were there represented um, in both the men's and the women's tournaments. So that was, a, it was a lot of fun to, to, to be in that environment and, and, uh, and then to jump ahead one year later, just how strange it was. Um, I, I, there's there's really no words that can describe kind of what that what that was like. But Andy, um, you weren't even in Cleveland yet. The the news had already broke that that there were going to be no fans, and you st- you still made your way down to Cleveland. Um, you know what were some of your first thoughts when when you had heard the news that there were going to be no fans, and you weren't even you weren't even uh, you weren't even there yet. I mean, initially I saw Ivy League closes and I'm kind of thinking, okay, Mac's going to follow suit. Like there's not a reason for them really not to. I think this is just going to be a domino effect and it turns out eventually it dominoes. But for a, for a couple of days, you know, the Mac among other conferences tried to kind of hold out and hold the tournament with as many precautions as they could. But once I got the email, okay, it's no fans. I'm like, all right, they're probably going to try and make this till Saturday. Just, you know, there will be 100 people or less in the arena. Let's just try and make it, which is why I went down. If I would have known they were going to cancel, you know, the next day, it probably wouldn't have been as worth the trip. But 
I mean, I drove down because I'm assuming, hey, Central's got a good shot to win this thing. There's going to be no fans. I don't see any reason why they're going to. There wasn't talk of canceling anything at that point. Aside from Ivy League, no one else had talked about it. So I'm like, okay, they're holding this tournament as long as they can. Like, makes sense. But, I mean, yeah, I think nothing prepares you for just an empty professional arena. You know, it was like – it was like watching a practice. I mean, you go into media availability for the women's team sometimes and they're having a scrimmage and, you know, there's some parents and some, you know, Chippewa champion contributors in the stands. But other than that, it's just me and Christian. And that's what it felt like. I mean, you go there and you, you can hear player chatter and you can, you know, I, they still did all the game stuff, which was kind of funny to me. And I had tweeted out some of that stuff where like they're throwing t-shirts, but it's like, you literally, you've got, you know, 30 or 40 fans and it's like, there's six t-shirts per like timeout. It's like, by the end of this thing, everyone should have a t-shirt. They're going to have to start throwing them to media just to get rid of them. Yeah. And then, you know, they got the Geico dance cam going on. <laughs> there's only I, one I, section. <laughs> they did all the raffles and I think the, yes <laughs> you're like oh yeah. okay I got a one in six chance to win this thing yeah it's yeah. like oh who which you know the uh we're gonna do this competition by row okay which which of the four rows are you gonna pick yeah. I mean right on, yeah, you're like, can we all move to one yeah right we, I mean <laughs> we can everybody probably, win? if we all get in the if we all just join up in a row just all get together you can make it two rows probably and see oh hey oh uh, man we got a 50 50 shot to win this one um, or the, the um, was it the karaoke video that that they put together? Um, that was that was pretty funny. Um, Can I was, just say that if there would have been a full house for that karaoke video, it would have been golden. Oh yeah, you I, had I, the I, whole crowd going. I thought that same thing, and and the Mac ended up sharing that video on on its social media platforms, which that that's the right thing to do there. That's 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 the way you got to do it, but. Um, you know, now again, like I say, just moving along. It's game day. We're making our way to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. We have no idea. Obviously, we know people aren't going to be there, but we have no idea what we're walking into. Uh, for us, it just seems kind of normal that we're all right. We're just going to go cover this game. But like Christian said a little bit ago, we're we were sitting in the middle of history. I mean, I. I can't, I don't think there's been a time where anything like this has happened before. Um, uh, not in our it, lifetime, maybe a hundred years ago. Right. Exactly. You know, maybe 80 years ago back in, you know, world war two era, but you know, it hasn't happened in a long time. So, and especially in the history of the, of the Mac tournament, but um, it, when you guys, when the three of us, well, three of us and our photo editor, Isaac Ritchie, all kind of walked in together at the same time. What were you guys' first thoughts when you looked around and saw just a complete, almost completely empty arena and said, holy crap, there's going to be a basketball game here and there's hardly anybody here? Yeah, I think it just started from the, the second we walked into the media doors and the two guys checking us in had masks and gloves on. Now I've had my bag checked at every arena I've ever walked into, but none of them have been wearing gloves and masks. And I immediately felt like, like, should I have a mask on? Uh, Should I have gloves on? And you walk into the arena and everything's gated off. And eventually we make our, our way down to the floor and to the media room. And the first thing I'm looking for everywhere I go is where's that hand sanitizer dispenser because it's one of the things you've got to do because you don't know, you don't know who's been where, who it's, we've heard that this coronavirus, you could go up to like two weeks without even showing symptoms. And so it's one of those things where you've got to make sure you've taken every precaution possible. And it just felt eerie. It's like nothing I've ever experienced and probably nothing I'll ever experience again. Now there's talk that when sports do come back, that it'll probably be without fans. And so if that's the case come football season, that'll be a lot different. Uh, but going back to, to Cleveland, it was obviously cool to be in a, in an NBA arena, but it was much different than I envisioned the experience being even two days before, you know, without any, there were 
parents, obviously. So it wasn't completely silent, but it was an it was an essentially empty arena. Yeah, I mean, we we went from Christian and I went from the oldest building in the MAC with the Ohio University Convocation Center to an NBA arena in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and I mean the that oldest the Convocation Center was was pretty full. I mean, it was I. I was talking actually with one of the uh, one of the broadcasting students who was there covering the game as well, and he said that they had built when they built the arena. It's just a fun fact. I don't think it really holds any you know importance here, any significance. But when they when they built that arena, they actually built it way too big uh, to compete with Ohio State. And anyway, they built it way too big, and you know you know it's. Sometimes the old Mac arenas seem a little bit emptier than, than normal, um, which, you know, it happens. Um, so I guess that, that that's where I was going with that is, is sometimes the Mac arenas do feel a little bit empty uh, compared to, you know, like Chrysler or the Breslin uh, with Michigan and Michigan State respectively. But there's still roughly two to 3,000 people at almost every game within the Mid-American Conference or even more. Uh, um, Andy, you know, once once we kind of settled in, we kind of looked around, and said, "Okay, this is this is going to be what happens." Game tips off. And like you said, there's a lot of player chatter. You could hear pretty much everything going on on the court. What was kind of just your observation throughout the entire game? It, I mean, it seemed like it flew by, and it was kind of a weird feeling game, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, again, like that feeling of like a scrimmage is really what it felt like. Like we, we've all we've all played sports and different things in high school, middle school, and it's like a game seems to last a lot longer than a scrimmage, even if it's the same time. It's just practice. It feels like the clock always keeps going, and that it honestly felt like the clock was going. And I think for the most part, it was just weird. Like you looked around the arena, there's only two sections with fans. Ninety percent of them are parents. You know, it's like they only had a certain amount of people that could get in, so that was weird. And you. I mean, you could see like there's almost more employees than fans, you know, and then even us and there we can see they're cleaning, you know, and Isaac, you know, got some really good pictures of them just constantly sanitizing and cleaning the arena, even though no one's going to be in those spots. But it's like the risk of someone touching it, not knowing they have it, like all that stuff. But I thought one of the advantages kind of of this, if there is one, is we could hear coaches calling plays and de- talking to defenders about how to defend a player like twin Kelly or Molly Davis, or, you know, even like a Kira Bustle who went off that game, you know, like it was one of those things where, I mean, we watch the games every time we kind of understand what the goal are is, but to actually be able to hear and see a coach saying, okay, this is what she can't do. Force her to do that was kind of different and cool in some ways. Cause you're like, Oh wow. Like this is how it's actually working in real time. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and, it was cool. And, uh, sorry to cut you off, Christian. I think we were going in the same direction, but um, Christian, you were you were right behind the CMU bench for that game, um, kind of taking a different, a little bit of a different different angle um, as opposed to just observing the game itself. You're kind of observing the team as it went through the the whole the as it went through the game without. A large majority of fans yeah they it didn't seem like it bothered the players all that much because they've all been doing the whole scrimmage thing some schools have closed scrimmages before the season against other other schools and like I had Anthony Wright a former Michigan basketball player quote my tweet I tweeted a video of the game and he quoted it and basically said it sounds like a closed scrimmage which essentially is what it was except the winner of this closed scrimmage continued to play and the other one's season essentially ended, even though the next day everybody's ended. But it was certainly a, a different environment. I, I took it upon myself to uh, – because I knew that you two were nailing down the, the game coverage itself. I was going to go around the arena and try to document the environment as a whole. And so I talked to some of the players' parents and I talked to – you know, a couple of officials just asking them, like, hey, is this open? Is this open? And the answer was always no. 
except for the Cavs team shop. And there was still a little Mid-American Conference pop-up shop over in the corner, which, I mean, credit to the Mac for continuing their operations. But it was, in, in, in a sense, it was something I'll never experience again, I don't think. Um, I went up to the top of the arena, and I think I tried to capture it on my phone, but obviously a phone is a lot different than Isaac Ritchie's camera, and I think he did a better job of it than I did. But just taking a picture of the arena as a whole, and it's just blue seats and electronics except for like a quarter of a quarter of the arena, or at least that's what it looked like in the from the top row. of, And it's just like just little dots on the map per se, and then you've got the long media table. But, it, I mean, it's something that we'll never, hopefully never have to see again. Hopefully we can get this thing controlled and maybe have fall sports or winter sports to some capacity. I know that in, if I'm a player, I'm motivated to come back strong as ever. I feel, I feel bad for the, for the seniors that didn't get clarity and, you know, they, they, had their, they couldn't go out on their own terms. Uh, so if you're, a, if you're a junior, like a Michaela Kelly or a Maddie Waters, you say, hey, this is what happened to the girls above us. We know now that, that every day is another opportunity. It's a gift, not a, not, a, not a right. And maybe they go out and play their, you know, maybe this is kind of a wake-up call. I mean, it could be. I, I think I agree with everything you said there. I mean, Kira Bustle said as much to us after the game, right? Mm-hmm. I don't yes. play for the fans. I play for my teammates, which makes sense. Um, I think, though, one of the things that kind of gets lost in this and maybe a good thing for Central Michigan women's basketball, but that was a bad game. Oh, yeah. They didn't play very well. And whether the mat got canceled or not, they were going home. Like, their right. tournament was over, and that was as big a disappointment, I think, as anyone could have seen coming from that team. And I think that was – that was the most shocking part of it, the whole thing is, yeah, there's no fans. It's weird. It's eerie. But to see that team respond that way was strange. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a 78-71 win for Toledo. Kira Bustle, like Christian said, had a, had a big game to start, but was only – it was held minimally. I mean, she was uh, – she, she wasn't able to do a whole lot in that second half. Um, and that, like Andy said, I mean that ended uh, the ended CMU's run in the MAC tournament and kind of left that NCAA tournament bid in limbo. Like we weren't sure what was happening there. Uh, ultimately, the next day, um, Commissioner John Steinbrecher held a press conference before the the men's tournament quarterfinals began, um, and said, "Nope, all done." Uh, tournament is canceled along with other tournaments, conference tournaments across the country. Um, you know, just was it Andy that said something about the domino, domino effect? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, that started, you know, with, with uh, the Mac barring the, the tournament to the general public and then the NCAA did the same thing with its men's and women's basketball tournaments. And then the next day, so that was, that would have been on Thursday. The Mac said, and other conferences across the country said conference tournaments are canceled. Um, the NCAA said winter championships and spring championships were both canceled. And then later on conferences, including the Mac, of course, canceled the rest of this rest of the season for the academic year. Um, so it's just a really uh, just unfortunate chain of events that seemed to happen really quickly. Um, you know, kind of taking a personal look at it. I mean, we, there was a lot of cool stuff coming up. I mean, the CMU, well, when we, like I said, we weren't sure about the, the CMU women's basketball team. I mean, I think they were likely to get a bid. It was They were on the bubble, but they were one of the top 20 teams in RPI in the country. Like, you still had all that, and I think they had a lot going for them, especially that Toledo team for as poor as CMU looked 
looked like they were going to put up a fight against anyone. And if they win the tournament, then I think it looks even better for Central Michigan. But again, that's stuff we'll never know. Agreed. Um, and, and two, I mean, the CMU softball team had a really intriguing storyline with a brand new coach for the first time in 40 years with McCall Salmon taking over the program. Uh, I, I'd heard that she, she was, a, I heard she was doing a lot of things right. And the, the team was, was improving as, as the season got started, but that's the thing. It had only just gotten started. Um, also the CME baseball team was looking to defend its Mac title, which I, like Andy said before, I mean, it'll still have that opportunity technically speaking, technically but. speaking. And I mean, even more so than a high school student. I mean, if you're a senior and you want to come back, you can, I guess. Right. Well, then, you know, that, we'll, we'll get into that in just a couple, a couple of minutes here, but you know, there, there's just a lot of stuff that we personally, I mean, obviously all the athletes and the fans were looking to, forward to it, but us personally, I mean, we were looking forward to a lot of a lot of stuff coming up, you know, with softball, baseball, and of course the the spring football game, um, and all the festivities that go along with 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 college football in the spring, and all that was uh, all that was was quickly taken away. Um, you know, I'll ask you guys the same question, but um, when I when I saw it, man, I. There's been a lot of a lot of change for me in the in the last month of my life and outside of outside of work outside of this. So this was something that um, I was really looking forward to. It was something that was keeping my mind focused. Something that was taking my mind away from some of the bad stuff that was uh, going on with I guess my, with my personal life. I won't get into it, but. And having that taken taken away, having 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 college sports taken away so quickly and so abruptly, um, it uh, it was it was pretty heavy on the heart. I won't lie. Uh, I was I was a little bit torn up about it for uh, honestly a couple of days. Um, obviously, we still had a job to do to make sure we get information out to people and and tell people what the heck is going on, but. Uh, Personally and emotionally speaking, I mean, it was, it was really hard for me. Um, you know, just at, at this point, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, there's, there's, I mean, obviously there's a huge story, of course, with the coronavirus pandemic, but you know, we, our great reporters um, over our great news reporters at CM life have been doing an, a fantastic and outstanding job telling the story of, of what's going on on our, on our campus. And, you know, process of Bella County and of course the state of Michigan too but um, in terms of sports I mean there's there's nothing for us to do um, obviously there's some stuff that we can do but the large majority of it I mean there's nothing for us right now yeah I think it's a little bit disheartening I do I had to publish a column about making maple syrup with my family which was a great experience but it was the only content I've been able to produce the last couple of weeks. I was able to publish my story on Daniel Richardson, but other than that, in the, the maple syrup column, I'm like running out of, of things to do. And it's really, really uh, unfortunate. And, you know, it's not just from the sports side of things either. It's the fact that pretty much everything is being shut down besides, you know, these stores that need to stay open or these, healthcare providers that need to stay open. I know that from a, from my family side of things, I still have a parent who has to go to work every day because she works on the medical side of things. And it's pretty terrifying knowing that, you know, she works with these patients who could be sick and she's a little nervous about it. And I'm a little nervous about it, but you just got to trust the plan and stay and do your part to stay healthy. Um, you know, other than that, going to the store is a highlight nowadays. Uh, and really, other than that, you know, I go for runs sometimes with my little brother. And other than that, there's not a whole lot. The good thing is, is that it, it gives you little to no excuse to not do your homework, which if I was still at school, I would be 
struggling more with, with the homework side of things. You know, I've got 24 hours in a day now to just do homework, which take it or leave it, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I, the highlight of uh, my day today, uh, was this Thursday, I think, um, I went out and drove my car just around the neighborhood. I just got in my car and hit the gas. And I mean, it was, Oh man, you know, like, Oh my God, like I'm actually driving my, my vehicle right now. Like how, my goodness, not, you know, you don't want stuff to sit there and, and, and get all monkeyed up. So kind of getting it moving and, and driving the car a little bit, man, it felt good. But, uh, and to, to, um, Christian, we, want to thank your mom and all uh, medical professionals for all the hard work that they've been doing and trying to keep our, trying to keep us safe and of course, keep themselves safe. And, you know, our, our thoughts go to these medical professionals, please keep yourself safe. We obviously don't want to contract this virus. So a big round of applause. I won't clap till make awful sounds, but a big round of applause to all the medical professionals out there um, for just doing your thing and, and providing the best care possible in such a difficult time for so many people. And Andy, you know, I'll, I'll pose the same question to you. Um, you know, you personally, um, what was, and maybe not just within college sports, I know you're a big, big pro sports fan um, as well, but, just in general, what was what were what were some of your uh, some of your you know personal thoughts, reactions, even emotions um, when uh, the entire sports world was shut down? Yeah, I mean it's it's shocking. It's definitely something. I mean, I date myself here as Gramps, but some of my first <laughs> memories are Jordan and Pippen. You know, Jeter after that. You know, this. I mean, those are some epic things, but I think the biggest thing that it took away right away, I'm thinking you guys just robbed me of seeing the queen of college basketball, Sabrina Unescu lift up that championship trophy. I mean, wow. And her came back to Oregon her senior season just to get that trophy and it's just stolen. But Finished business, I mean, right? What's that? Unfinished business, right? Yeah. Unfinished business. Yeah. The, <laughs> player tribune letter she wrote and now it'll remain unfinished for the rest of her life. She'll have to have a daughter and enroll her at Oregon so that it can finally get done. But um, yeah. So, I mean, those are some of the first thoughts is I've never seen, I think we've never heard of anything like just the entire sports world getting shut down. I mean, we've seen strikes at different times, you know, just recently an NFL strike baseball seems to go on strike every 10 years in the, the basketball went on strike. Yeah, NHL went on strike for a while and NBA was maybe heading for another strike, who knows, but it was just surprising. I mean, that it all got shut down. If there again if there's another advantage not to keep uh being Mr. Silver lining, but April 19th. That's something I don't have to wait until June for. So, the Jordan documentary. The Jordan doc. I've been I've been waiting for that since they announced it last January. I mean, they no. said it was so is, it was that, coming up. is that a Jordan documentary or is that a Bulls documentary? Uh, pick one. Can there can there be a Bulls without Jordan? Can there be Jordan without the Bulls? Yeah. Can there be Jordan's. a '90s Bulls documentary without Michael Jordan? No, of course not. I mean, all six of Chicago's NBA championships came in the '90s. Exactly, and they came so, in a pair of three peats. Yeah, exactly. So I'm saying you wouldn't. There wouldn't be anything to talk about with the Chicago Bulls if Michael Jordan didn't exist. Also, I mean, Jordan was Jordan before the Bulls. I mean, that freshman game-winning Natty Champ shot he hit, that just doesn't happen every day. That's As as Michael says, that's when he went from Mike Jordan to Michael. But, yeah, so I'm excited for that kind of stuff, but I just – I've never seen it. I'm even more surprised that, like, again, school's closed. Um, and we'll get into some of the the fallout maybe from the NCAA's decisions and whether that's good or bad, but it's it's shocking to say the least. Yeah, uh, you know, just 
I think the tough part, and and I know a lot of people are struggling with the same thing day by day, but, you know, again, me personally struggling with it day by day is just finding things to, to do to stay busy. I mean, I was able to go back up to Mount Pleasant and grab my, grab my Xbox one before, before the uh, shelter in place order was, was uh, put in place by governor Whitmer. And um, I was able to go get that as I'm able to, to still write some kinds of stories at some point. So it's, man, yeah, it's shocking, disheartening, heartbreaking. Um, it's all of those adjectives definitely, um, definitely uh, perfectly describe the the last three, I guess, what, last three weeks in the sports world, last month or so, whatever. Um, but like Andy said, there, there's, there's – a decision made by the NCAA kind of brings some some good out of this situation. The the NCAA announced that it would extend eligibility relief to the spring sport athletes: baseball, softball, track and field. Uh, those are those are the three at, at CMU, but you know other spring sports um, around the country. So th- this this I guess partial season won't exhaust those seniors eligibility and everybody actually gets another year of eligibility. So it's not just the seniors that get that free pass. It's, it's, it's everybody. So a freshman that played on the CMU baseball team is going to be a freshman next year without having to take a red shirt, which it's pretty cool. Yeah. The one thing that is going to get a little bit murky is the whole scholarship situation. Um, you're going to have, especially with baseball, when you're bringing in double-digit guys, you're going to have to find roster spots for every one of them while still maneuvering scholarship money to these kids who've earned it while also saving some for the seniors that are going to come back who've also earned it. So it's not, on, it's not bad on the department or on the players you know it's not their fault this is just a pandemic where you've put this in the kind of like an uncontrollable situation but I'm sure you know they've got plenty of time to figure that out now I I will assume that the NCAA will come up with a solution for that Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they do it and roster sizes are going to get huge too so we'll we'll see I mean, it's going to certainly be interesting. I know that we're going to have a lot of good stories to tell come springtime uh, next year with with the baseball team and the softball team because, you know, we've seen it on Twitter, guys like Cam Brown. Cam Brown, he won Twitter the other day when they announced the eligibility relief, and he says, psych, I'm coming back and going to Omaha. Shout out to Cam Brown. I mean, if he pulls that off, and it'll be a it'll be a story that'll be unheard of it'll be a truly Cinderella story and credit to Cam Brown you know the average fan probably hopes that he comes back and takes the Mac by storm but it, it's certainly going to be intriguing to see these seniors who are no doubt going to take advantage of every opportunity they get next year and I think that that's going to make for a pretty cool a pretty cool season yeah absolutely I mean it, it'll be it, it will be interesting. I know the NCAA is kind of is working with, with the teams to say, yeah, we'll extend, you know, this, this scholarship, these roster spots. Um, and I mean, you got to think figuratively here or think whatever, you know, there, there's only nine, nine positions on a baseball team, 10, if you include designated hitter, but I mean, there, there's only, there's only so much point in time to go around. Um, so these younger guys that are coming in now that, you know, are still trying to get their feet wet with, with baseball and same thing in softball. Um, obviously can't, when I'm talking about baseball, of course, I'm talking about softball too. Um, there's, I mean, there is only so much playing time to go around. So it'll, you know, I, I don't think that part of it will change that much, but Christian, you're absolutely right. These, these roster sizes could get really, really big um, and could stay, huge for years to come. I mean, it, it kind of works in a cycle, you know, 
like you said, you bring in eight, nine, ten guys each year, continuing to do that and, and each year bringing in eight to, eight to ten guys, I mean, your, your roster size is going to be significantly larger than they have in the past. Um, you know, it'll be – It'll be interesting. It'll be really intriguing to watch how how college baseball and college softball are both affected, um, not just next year, but for for years to come. Uh, Andy, what kind of what 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 do you think about this decision by the NCAA? Do you think it was the right thing to do? Do you think? It could be done differently. I mean, obviously nothing's set in stone right now. I mean, there's still an opportunity to do things differently, but do you think it's a good do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's not? What what do you kind of think about the whole thing? I mean, I think ultimately it's the right move. A guy like Cam Brown, should he his senior season be eight games and it's not due to injury? Probably not. The pandemic's put you in an incredibly difficult spot I think what gets lost in all this is you know the NCAA isn't paying these scholarships you know Central Michigan University so as an average student you might not necessarily think about it but now each spring sport has let's say five or ten extra scholarships that they're paying out you know that's more money that like maybe that doesn't hurt Michigan or maybe that doesn't hurt Ohio State but when you're looking at Central Michigan who already spends 15, 20 million a year from the general budget on athletics, you know, and those are just numbers from a USA Today story that they did, I think three or four years ago. So they could be different now, but you're adding to that number and that's not great. But again, I say there's not, there's not a better solution either because ultimately for a lot of guys, especially in the Mac, like this is the end of the road. You know, there's there's always guys who are going to be able to go pro and go minor league, but for a lot of people in a lot of sports across the country, this is it. So to have that last season taken away, it's not necessarily fair or right. I think what you look at, though, like you said, is it's not – I mean, you only have nine nine players on the field of a baseball team, a designated hitter. So let's say Bischel has three third basemen right now, you know, a senior, a junior, and a freshman – and then he's bringing in one more. Well, now that freshman might have to wait four years before he can play versus two or three. And so I just, the domino effect that you can't avoid is the freshmen coming in now are going to have to wait a lot longer than they would have to get playing time. And it's just going to keep piling on because once they start playing, the freshmen who came in after them are going to have to wait for them. And it's just one of those things where, I think the NCAA is in a tough position where there's no perfect move. You're somebody's getting affected by this negatively in some way. And I think ultimately what everyone can agree on more is it's not fair to have a season completely robbed. If you come in as a freshman, you have the opportunity to outplay a senior. If you, you know, in practice and get playing time, maybe not a great opportunity, but you hypothetically have that opportunity. So I'll be curious, like you said, just, I mean, five or six years from now, are we like, what's the effect from this? Because are they going to limit scholarships each year, you know, take one or two away. So you bring in fewer guys, maybe instead of eight to 10, you're five to six. Who knows? You know, we won't know until 10 years when we're looking back and just going like, what the hell happened to 2020? (laughs) Like it It just erased from everyone's memory. It's like, I remember there was a Jordan documentary and that Sabrina Ionescu, you know, won every award unanimously. But other than that, everything is blocked from my memory. Yeah, you know, I'll, it, yeah, it'll be really interesting. And two things about softball, I mean, those, those pitching staffs, I mean, there's generally two, maybe three starting pitchers for each, each, each program. So, and then obviously, you know, a reliever two or three, two or three relievers. So, you know, a freshman pitcher coming in um, is going to have a lot more ample, going to have a lot more time to say, Hey, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Like we're, we're rolling. We're rolling now. Um, going to have another, at least another three years to sit behind Caitlin B. 
right. or, or start, you know, opposite Caitlin, Caitlin Bean too. Yeah. You, you never know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, just seeing how this all plays out in the, in the short term, it all looks like a great idea. Um, am I saying it's a bad idea? Of course not. No, it's a fantastic idea. It'll just be really weird to see how it plays out long-term thinking big picture, how it all comes about, how it all plays out will be, it, it, it could get a little bit messy, but like Andy said, I mean, there's, there's no perfect solution that the NCAA could come up with. Um, and I, I think that it's done a great job um, by providing that relief to those spring athletes that um, had their seasons cut short. Um, real, real quick, eh, nah, we won't go there. What, so, getting away from sports, which it seems like just a weird thing for us to do, but you know what, we're, we're doing it anyway. We're doing it in real life, or we'll do it here too. What are some of the lessons that you guys are taking away from this? Maybe, like Christian and I were talking about earlier, maybe not taking things like sports for granted, maybe practicing hygiene a little bit better, like, you know, the whole social distancing um, mindset that, that the government's come up with. Like, what are some of the things that you guys have taken away from the last three weeks? I think one of the things that I've certainly taken away is it's, it's allowed me to kind of reconnect with my family. I've been – you know, all over the state and other states, you know, writing about football, basketball for the last however many months I've been in central Michigan. And so getting a chance to kind of take a break from that and spending some time with my family has been beneficial in a way. I mean, there's, you know, we're obviously all teenage boys now, so, you know, not everything's always fine and dandy between the three of us, but it's certainly good to be back home. And I think that's something that I've been taking for granted, but it's on the same coin. Uh, I certainly miss my friends back at central Michigan. You know, it, it's, it's made me realize that for as many days while you're at college or while you're in school, that seem like a slog and terrible. And, you know, it's not all that bad when you've got friends everywhere, you know, you're just a walk from your friend's dorm or the sack or, anything really like that. Now, you know, you're confined to your own house. I think that's something I certainly took for granted. So, you know, I'm anxious to get back. I really am. I'm anxious to get back in the swing of things. I miss having a routine of, you know, getting up, walking to class, eating at a certain time. You know, those are all things that I know I took for granted and that when I do get the opportunity to go back and get back in that flow, I'm certainly going to take advantage of it. Andy, how about you, man? Uh, I think, number one, I've learned that my hands are almost always ready to perform any type of surgery at this point. Like, there's so much hand sanitizer. I am always completely sterilized on my hands. I mean, when I'm touching stuff, it's actually sterilizing whatever I'm touching because of how much hand sanitizer. Because I'm like, I'm not getting this virus. <laughs> Absolutely not. But, um, no, I think I've we've seen a lot. We've... I think politically you look at some of the different things we've seen where, you know, a bill actually went unopposed for a minute there. Like it got voted unanimously and you're like, okay, maybe there are some things in politics that we can all actually agree on and get past even in today's, you know, world. I think uh, from just everyday life, I think we've seen how much sports actually impacts different people when you have just, I mean, ESPN and us and people who have way more resources at their hands than we do still struggling to figure out, like it's basically 24 hours a day ESPN classic right there. Um, but I think it's just been interesting. And yeah, the connection, I've also learned uh, there's a lot of professors at CMU that don't know how to use technology that well. <laughs> you know, having to Zoom every day for a bunch of different stuff is has been interesting and you I feel like there's going to be millions of YouTube clips out there of just terrible zoom calls I mean we had a just a random person in class the other day 
I heard about that. That's uh, it's pretty frightening, actually. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, the we at CN Life too. I mean, we've moved our editorial meetings to to Zoom, and we're actually gonna have our first all staff meeting with like sixty or so people um, here on Friday, and that will be um, that'll be interesting to say the least. We'll we'll see kind of how that works, but yeah, I mean, the, the transition to online classes, it's it's hard to find motivation to, to, to do those kinds of things. So, you know, Christian over there saying, oh, yeah, I've got 24 hours in the day. There's no excuse for me to not do my homework. Uh, man, there's not, a, there's not a lot of motivation to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean which is 24 hours a day to procrastinate. Exactly. That's, 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 that's like, what I got nothing else going on. I can move this homework to any other time of the day. Right. Exactly. And then that time of the day comes and you're like, Oh man, um, now I'll just do it tomorrow. It's fine. But obviously, you know, obviously still trying to keep up my best on my schoolwork, what I'm here for. But, um, but yeah, think, you know, thinking about it, obviously I I will not take sports for granted anymore. I won't take anything for granted that for that matter. So, um, you know, even just hanging out and just, you know, drinking a beer or drinking a pop if you're under 21 um, in the apartment, you know, that'll be, with, with your friends, that's, that's something that I'm really looking forward to, you know, going, going to the bar, you know, uh, I'll be on it. I mean, I'm 20, I'm 22. I'll be 23 in October. It's okay. Um, just going, going out doing that kind of thing. You know, I, I miss it. Um, you know, hanging out, hanging out with you guys, uh, just in our office, just shooting the breeze about, about basketball, about life, about whatever. Um, it definitely, I definitely miss miss our conversations, you know, face to face, and I'm so looking forward to getting back and, and, like Christian said, getting back in the swing of things and just going out and enjoying life a little bit more. Um, that's something that I kind of put on the back burner, uh, you know, right before this pandemic started with with uh, some of the things, you know, saying, oh, you know, I'm not, I, I don't really want to go anywhere tonight. I'm just gonna chill in my apartment, and not do anything. Now it's going to be, let's go. I, I'm in. I'm in. Where are we going? Um, so that that's kind of where I'm at is I'm excited for social interaction again. Um, seeing all my friends back in Mount Pleasant, you know, I'm, it'll be a great time to see all of you guys. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, any, any, any final thoughts as uh, we get set to wrap this thing up? Everybody stay safe out there. Yeah, uh, do what you got to do. I mean, if you have to sing the Central Michigan fight song um, while you wash your hands for 20 seconds, that's fine. Um, if you need to uh, – my, my my mom, bless her heart, got got a really good smelling hand soap. It sounds so weird, but uh, it's got that mahogany teakwood smelling soap. Man, that smells really good. I, I, I love washing my hands, man. I mean, I do it anyway, but that, that – and soap, I mean, makes it makes it all that much better, you know. It, sm- it smells pretty good. Um, but whatever you have to do to keep yourself safe and keep those around you safe, please, please take that extra action. Um, we are all seriously all in this thing together. It's not a cliche to say that we're all battling, trying to hunker down, keep ourselves safe, keep those around us safe, so then we can beat this pandemic and we can at least try to go back to normal at some point. Um, normal will change I think once once this thing once we get the all clear and once this thing passes but just like I said to our medical professionals out there thank you for what you do um, to our fellow CM Life reporters thank you for what you guys are doing uh, to inform the public about about what's going on um, on, on CMU's campus and, and around the state uh, Thank you, Christian and, and Andy, for, for joining the show today. Thank you to our great podcast editor, Ben, for uh, adapting and, and helping us record today's episode. And, um, you know, and thank you to whoever's listening. Thank you so much for listening and for following along with us. Obviously, we're, we're still active on, on Twitter. We're still active on social media. So, of course, follow us on Central Michigan Life on Facebook. Uh, at CM Life on Twitter, at CM Life Sports. You can find at CM Life Sports on Twitter. We're, we're really easy to find, so give us a follow. 
earlier Central Michigan coverage um, throughout the offseason. And uh, as fingers crossed, because we don't know, as, as potentially football gets started in the fall, we'll, we'll see how that happens. Um, but make sure you keep following along with us. And, of course, as always, at cm-life.com. Guys, thank you again so much for tuning in and for tuning in all season long. We hopefully will talk to you guys again really soon. Hopefully we'll get to see you guys again really soon and different sporting venues, different arenas across the country and, and of course, at Central Michigan. Uh, but we'll talk to you guys then when we meet again. <laughs>